Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Aaron Burke. I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Church, and we are in the finale of a series we have called The Habits of Jesus, The Habits of Jesus. So take those notes that you got when you came in today or if you're watching online, you can always follow along with the notes on our app. We are a note-taking church, and we're trying to help you develop new habits this year to be all that God's called you to be. Fun fact for you today, 100 years ago, the habit of brushing our teeth, only 7% of Americans brush their teeth. 7%. Aren't we thankful that habits can change to God be the glory? So, so I want to help you change your habits and become all that God's called you to be. And so our word for the year, if you haven't heard it yet, our word for 2022 is health. That our desire is that you would be the healthiest God's called you to be, not just physically, but emotionally and relationally and in and, and your finances. And we're dealing with all of those subjects over this year. So let me just give one quick plug to next Sunday. Say next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're starting one of my favorite series to preach because it's a subject that we all need help with, and it's the topic of love, sex, and marriage. And so it is our relationship series. So if you want to take your relationships to the next level, then you need to be here for that. If you're single, ready to mingle, be at church. You've been married for 30 years, be at church. You know a friend of yours that's struggling in a relationship, bring them to church. It's a great invite series. I'm preaching next Sunday, and I cannot wait for it. The whole idea behind this word health is from 3 John 2. He says it this way, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health. Can you say good health? health. That's what I want from you. I want good health and that it may go well with you. Every area of your life may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So we realize that from the very beginning that everything starts with our soul of who we are. So if you're not healthy spiritually, then it's no use in trying to be healthy in every other area. So it always starts in the spiritual. So we're looking at healthy habits to get us spiritually healthy. So not my habits. We're looking at the habits of Jesus. He had four of them. I gave you them in week one. We've been preaching through them all four weeks. So let me give them to you one more time. Jesus' habits were to slow down. Say slow down. Some of you guys, you're too fast. You're in too quick of a pace. You need to learn to slow down. Here's the second one. You need to learn how to get alone with God. And I talked in week two about the importance of that daily time with God. The most important time you're going to spend every day is investing in your time alone with God. Jesus had a habit number three called he was committed to community. And if anyone could have changed the world alone, it was Jesus. But he committed to community. And by the way, he committed to community that had a lot of issues. So I don't buy this whole thing of like, well, I would be part of the church, but the church has got issues. No, you got a lot of issues too. So we're committed to the community. And number four, the last habit of Jesus that we'll talk about today is about being spirit-led. About being spirit-led. And when you look at these four habits, you realize that if you'll learn how to get in the habit of slowing down, get alone with God, commit to community, and be spirit-led, you'll be the, the most spiritually healthy you can possibly be. Here's the issue is that many of us, we all, we all want the life of Jesus, but here's what we don't want. We don't want to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. So if you want the life of Jesus, then you've got to adopt his lifestyle. And his lifestyle is, I guess what he did? He slowed down. He got along with God. He committed to community, and he was spirit-led. So let's talk about the fourth one today as we close out this series. I want to talk to you for a little bit about this idea of being spirit-led. What does it mean to be guided and directed by the Spirit of God? 
to be filled and empowered with his spirit. People who get all weird on this idea of you Google it or YouTube it, you see some pretty weird stuff. So I'm kind of getting kind of demystify it today and talk about what it means to live a spirit-led life. It reminds me of a few years back we were doing at the movies here at the church, and so we were filming for the At The Movie series coming up, and, and as we were filming for it, we were doing the movie called The Bucket List. Now, um, you might have been around in these days, but I was trying to do something to really help people connect with the movie, so well, I was thinking, what is that thing that people put on their bucket list, the thing they want to do before they die? And so I did a kind of a poll, and a lot of people wanted to jump out of an airplane. So I have never had a desire to go jump out of an airplane ever in my life. I, I just don't see the wisdom behind it. But let me try to figure out with all of our locations who the audience is today. Where are my people that have jumped out of an airplane at least one time in their life? Come on. And if you're sitting next to them, you kind of get, you know, there's kind of some issues, right? If you know them a little bit. If you're dating them, some of y'all just found that out. You might want to reconsider, right? <laughs> I just never understood it. I, my situation is I didn't want to go but they were talking me into it. They're like, Aaron, it's for the church. It's for the children. You got to do it. I said, okay, I'm, there. I'm, a, I'm a pastor. I got I to help my people. So I, I decided to go, go to this place up past Wesley Chapel. And, and I drive up there and this guy comes and meets me. And I'm thinking he's like one of the, you know, just the, the hired hands around the place. He, you know, he's maybe 120 pounds, just skinny little like kid. He's like 19 years old. And he's walking, he's kind of skittish. And, and if he wasn't on drugs at that moment, then his freedom from the drug lifestyle wasn't far in his past. You know what I mean? It was recent. So this guy's walking up to me. He's like, hey, I'm going I'm to help you out. I'm going I'm to I'm show you what gear you need and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay. So show me the gear. He show me how to, how to put it all on, how to strap it all on. And he's like, okay. And so what we're going to do is we're going to load in the airplane. And then you're, you're going to get strapped to me. And I'm going, what? No, I'm here for the professionals. Do you know I'm the pastor at radio? <laughs> I'm trying everything. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this going, there's no way. And so then I get on the airplane, and I'm with this guy, and he's with his buddies. And, you know, they're all trying to joke around. They're like, oh, man, this doesn't sound right. Oh, man, I hope this strap does a good level. I hope it doesn't break like it broke last time. I'm like, this isn't funny to me. None of this is funny. If you've gone skydiving, you know that skydiving out of the plane is not the hard part. It's the flight up in this terrible little plane, as you're just waiting, and 10,000 feet, it's really, really high. Like really, really high, like you're above the clouds. So this guy looks at me, he's like, all right, so we're gonna go, and when we go, he goes, I'm, I'm, I normally just jump out, but I think because uh, we can do this good, I'm gonna flip out backwards. So I'm having this moment with me and the Lord, and I'm just sitting there questioning a lot of my life choices, and. And my question, you know, once I jumped out, once we, we flipped out of the plane um, and we started going down, I just started asking myself a question, why did I do this? <laughs> the issue was not skydiving. The issue is why did I put my life in this kid's hands? I'm just one of his clients. I'm not like the most important thing he's going to do that day. I'm like his work for a minimum wage job to get through the day. And, like, and then he moves on. And I thought there, and I was like, man, why in the world would I let my life be put in this guy's hands? And it reminds me of our message today. As we look at what it means to be led by the Spirit of God, my question for you is, what is, what is leading and what is guiding your life? 
What are those things? Who is that person? What's that influence that's guiding your life? Because everybody is led by something. My question is, is what leading you bringing to you to a destination that you want to get to? What, guide, what is guiding you? Is it guiding you to a, to a life that you really want with your life? And I want to challenge you to reassess, to say there's a better way than you've been taught. And the better way is the Holy Spirit. And, and so no matter your denominational or church background, I want to introduce the role of the Holy Spirit into your life. And I'll show you it in the life of Jesus. You we see in the book of Luke, chapter 3, Jesus starting his ministry. And he started it by getting baptized. That's why we do baptisms. We do them all the time here at Radiant Church because we believe baptism is an outward sign of something inward that had happened. And Jesus gets baptized. And the Bible says when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And then what happens? And, the, and while he was there, and the hev- as he was praying, the heaven was open. And look what happens. While he's getting baptized, the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Now you might saw the pictures or whatever and, and the pictures are like this dove comes and rests on Jesus. A dove did not descend. It was the Holy Spirit came and it was like a dove. What does that mean? It was gentle. It was, it was, it was a beautiful moment where Jesus now experiences the Holy Spirit. Now why is this important? And a voice came out from heaven and what does the voice say? You are my son whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. Can I just tell you today, if you're ever doubting your identity and who you are in Christ, get near the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always reassure you of who you are because a lot of the world today is very confused about their identity and the struggle is they're listening to the wrong voice. You get the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. He'll tell you you are a son and you're a daughter. You're beautifully made and beautifully created. So, so Jesus has this moment where he experiences the Holy Spirit. Chapter four, look what happens. This is the next chapter. Jesus now, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan. So now, did he have the Holy Spirit before? Of course, I mean, he's God. But he has this moment to show us what's possible. Now he's full of the Holy Spirit, and he left the Jordan, and now, look what he says. He's led by the Spirit. So not only the Holy Spirit descends on him, He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's led by the Spirit. And look what he's led by the Spirit to. To the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm fasting for 40 days, no food at all, then it better be God himself that told me that. So I'm going to quit real quick. Jesus is led into the wilderness. I think it's important for us to understand that the Holy Spirit did not lead him to a resort to have prosperity at this moment. That'll mess with a lot of our theology to think that if bad things or difficult seasons in our life come, then God must not be involved in it. But what you don't understand is probably what Jesus did understand is that difficult times, you might not be experiencing what God can do through you, but you will be experiencing what God is doing in you. And when you go for difficult moments, he's doing it in you before he can ever do it through you. So embrace even tough seasons in your life. Can I hear a good amen today, church? And then what happens? He comes out of that wilderness, just like when you get out of your prayer closet, just like when you get done with your, your uh, Bible in a year, and just like you get out of those moments here at Radiant Church. What happens? He comes out, and he returns to Galilee in what? The power of the Spirit. Now there's power available, and news about him spread to the whole countryside. Jesus goes to the church, the synagogue of the day, 
opens up the scroll of Isaiah and it reads a prophecy that he's now foretelling, that, he, that was foretold about him and now he's now declaring that it's him. Luke chapter four, same paragraph. Look what it says in verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is on me. What, what happened? He gets baptized. The spirit of the Lord comes on him. Now he's telling everybody, hey, I'm a spirit-filled person. Yeah. Look what he says. He's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor and he has sent me to proclaim freedom from the prisoners, recover sight from the blind, and set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He's basically saying, listen, there's something gonna change because the spirit of God is on me. And I want you to know today, when you leave this service in just a few minutes, things are gonna change in your life because you're doing it not in your own power, but you have the spirit of God in your life and he's leading you and he's guiding you and he's empowering you. Come on, give him some praise today, church. That's what we have. So Jesus gives us an example, a model to follow that we can follow. So we want to know the habits of Jesus. Here was the habits of Jesus. Number one, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, I think you need to be also. And so we don't need to exempt ourselves from this because Jesus, who was perfect and, and never sinned, still had a moment where the Holy Spirit descended on him. Why? For the ministry that he was called to do. And there are things that are in front of you that are so big, businesses that he's calling you to build and, and employees he's calling you to lead and children he's having you raise up. And the assignment is too big for you, but it's the perfect size for God. So what do you do? You receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And look what it says in Luke chapter three. As he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Verse one, and Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, left. That's my prayer for you, is that again, you would ex understand the importance of being filled with the Spirit of God. This was crucial. He did not start ministry until he had the Spirit. And I want you to not serve on the dream team, to not do a small group, to not start a family until you realize none of that's gonna be a success until I get the Spirit of God in my life. Till I get the Spirit of God, I wrote it down this way. If Jesus was dependent on the Holy Spirit, what makes us think we can live independent of him? You need the Holy Spirit in your life. You go, well, I, I, I can be, go to heaven without the Holy Spirit. Sure. You can't go to Walmart, though, without him. <laughs> you tried? If you try to do anything significant in your life without the Spirit of God, you'll live defeated, deflated, tired. I want you to walk in victory today. That's why Paul says, do not get drunk on wine. Can I speak to some people at Gasparilla yesterday? <laughs> Just kidding. You know who you are. And based on Instagram, we know who you are. All right. So it's funny. What does he say? What does he say? Don't get drunk on wine. Why does he say don't get drunk on wine? Because he says this is a substance that can control you. Yeah. And he says, and what's going to happen when you get drunk on wine? You're going to lead to debauchery. You're going to lead to a lifestyle that you don't want to be in. Yeah, right. And come on, you've had those moments where you had a little bit too much to drink. And then after the next day, you're like, what did I do? That was a terrible decision. Why? Something controlled you. Let me say it this way. The wrong thing controlled you. So he says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, here's the deal. Don't live empty. 
So you're sitting there and go, well, what do I do in, in place because it's so much fulfillment, so much fun? He says, don't do that. Instead, do this. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he gives us an alternative and says, listen, do you want to live a life of power? Let something control you that's actually powerful. And what is it? It's the Spirit of God. The, the Bible tells us that the disciples were continually filled with the Holy Spirit. How is that possible? Because how about the fact that this world will drain you, it'll deplete you, it'll frustrate you, and I don't know about you, I woke up this morning going, God, I need more of you today. I need more of you today. I know yesterday you were faithful, but I need more of your spirit today. So, so you have to understand that something's inside of you. So here's my question. What has filled your life? What is it? Are you filled with anger or bitterness or frustration? Something's filling your life. Busyness, stress. It reminds me of these two bottles. Come on up here, girls. Let's do a little example here. I always try to do a little visual to keep you, keep you engaged here at church. And uh, I love this because both these bottles are, uh, are clear liquid here that, uh, that are right here. That are, they, they can look very similar to each other. But the difference is, is what's on the inside. So don't come and act like, oh, I've got this church thing down. I look the part. I can talk the part. Let me tell you, eventually something's going to shake up your life. And we're going to find out what's inside of you. So, so can we have a little bit of fun here today? Let's, let's try this out. All right? So, so 2020 happens, and you think it's all together, and then you get shaken up. Let's shake it up. Come on, let's shake it up. All right? Now, stuff is happening on the inside of this one that's not happening on the inside of this one. And then the, the stock market messes up, and then your marriage goes through a rough patch. You get shaken up. You get a diagnosis that you didn't think you would get. Man, shaken up yet again. Social media, you jump on there and there's some chaos there. And then a co-worker makes you angry. There's a lot of stuff. We're getting some exercise here today, girls. And here's what happens. Eventually, the shaking's going to get to you. And eventually, what's inside of you is going to come out. So let's just try those lids. Oh, there it goes. Wow. And that describes a lot of your lives over the last couple of years. That it looked the part until the shaking happened and something came out of you. You go, where did that come from? It was inside of there the entire time. You were full. You were just full of the wrong thing. It's good preaching today, last Sunday of the year. I love it. Let me show you this. Because this bottle was opened the exact same time, went through the exact same thing, but didn't explode like the rest of it. Why? Because of what was on the inside. You need to make sure you're filled with the right thing. Can I hear a good amen today, church? Thank you, girls. Y'all, good job, girls. Y'all did a good job. Here's why it matters. Ready? Because right now, because whatever fills you, leads you. You hear it? If it fills your life, it'll lead your life. So you're filled with anger, you're going to be led by anger. You're going to be filled with insecurity, you're going to be led by insecurity. You're going to be filled with bitterness, you're going to be led by bitterness. If it fills you, it's going to lead you. So Jesus, his first experience was to be filled. His second experience, number two, write it down, is Jesus was now led by the Spirit. Now this is so important because if you experience the infilling of the Spirit of God, now you can be led by the Spirit of God. Look what it says in verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, now left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. This is so awesome to realize that there is an opportunity for our life to be led by the Spirit of God. Here's why. Remember, I just told you, whatever feeds you, fills you, leads you. So if you will realize, man, my life keeps getting led in the wrong direction, 
then let's go back to the fact that it's probably filled with the wrong thing. But if you fill it with God, then the result is that you can now be led into the paths and the assignments that he has for you. Galatians says it this way. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And what happens? You will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And then he goes on to say, in the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other. So that, look at this, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Let me look right at that camera because somebody needs to hear this. You're not supposed to do everything you feel like doing. Not everything you want to do. Well, it feels right. That doesn't mean it's right. When you're led by your flesh, the end result is always destruction. So what's the solution? He says, listen, don't be led by your flesh. Be led by the Spirit. Because if you're led by the Spirit, he goes on to say, you're not even under the law. In other words, you don't have to sit there and worry about, like, am I doing this right? And, and am I making the right choice? No. A Spirit-led life, you'll realize, man, God was involved and he's directing my steps no matter what I'm going through. And, and here's what I've realized. Ready? It's being led by the Spirit will not always make sense, but it'll always make a difference. Always make a difference. So you'll start doing things that really don't make sense all the time. Why did I give that money? Why did I send that person that encouraging text? Why did I have that business idea? Where did that come from? Let me just say it this way. You're filled by the Spirit of God. You'll be led by the Spirit of God, and you'll start doing some things that you'll realize, again, God's hand's directing my life. God's hand's directing my life. I, I've, just, I've seen this lived out time and time again where I realized, Man, it's no longer a coincidence. You've got to get to a place to realize it's no longer a coincidence. How did that happen? It's just a crazy coincidence that I was in the right place at the wrong time. Wrong. God's directing your life. You're led by the Spirit of God. Uh, Katie and I do a date every week together. And so this, uh, a week or two ago, we went on a breakfast date. And we're like, where do you want to go to breakfast? I don't know. And then crazy enough to believe, then she said, well, where do you want to go? I said, I don't know. So we went back and forth. Y'all know this world. We'll talk about it next week in love, sex, and marriage. All right. So finally, I said, I don't know. Let's just go to Armature. I said, let's just go there. There's some places we can get breakfast. So we go to Armature. And she has on, she's on an, like an important phone call. So she's out talking with someone in the church and just something going on. So I said, I'll just go. I'll go get in line. I'll go figure out what I want. So I walk up to the restaurant. When I walk into the restaurant, the girl behind the counter looks up to me and she says, there's no way. And she starts tearing up right there. She said, you will not believe it. I'm having the worst day ever. And I just had this moment where I prayed and said, God, do you even care? Show me that you care. And I opened my eyes and my pastor's walking right in towards me right there in that moment. You can't tell me it's coincidence. So Katie and I, we pray with her, believe God for a breakthrough, and crazy scenario, I tell him this story today, not even like planning on it, and then find out in the earlier service, she's up there and she got baptized today. Come on, somebody. God is moving in your life. Then I asked her for a discount, and she said no. You gotta try. I'm spiritual, but I'm cheap. Come on, somebody. I'm in another service. Last couple of weeks, I'm in a service preaching. 
And it's one of those surrender moments, just like we had today. We'll end our service in a few minutes, same thing, just surrendering ourselves to the Lord. And I'm in there, surrender, God, whatever you want. I'm here for you, totally surrender to you. God says, okay, give that pastor next to you some money. Anything else, God. <laughs> totally surrendered <laughs> to you. And then I go up to preach. This is literally like 10 minutes later. I just keep hearing, give that guy money, give that guy money, give that guy money. Like, man, don't you understand? I have five kids, the Lord. <laughs> so I go up to preach. My message that I'm preaching at this conference is whatever God says to you, be obedient. Hate it when God speaks to me <laughs> through my own message. And they're like, all right, I got to answer the altar call. <laughs> You just never know how the Holy Spirit wants to use your life. Go to give that money, realize, man, there's, there's things going on behind the scenes I have no clue about it. I, I just love being the answer to somebody else's prayers. And I just want you to know God wants to use your life. He's speaking more than we're listening. So be filled with the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. One story, Solomon Ginsberg is an evangelist from about 100 years ago. He was a traveling evangelist all over um, Europe. And he makes a point to, that he's going to bring his ministry to America to do some ministry around America. So it's on 1911, he decided to head to America. He's in Portugal, goes to the port where the ship would take him to London. And from there, he would take another ship to the United States. When he got to the port, he found bulletin boards plastered with weather telegrams warning, warning of ter ter terrific, terrible storms raging on the Bay of Biscay. So he was advised... Delay your trip for a week. His ticket allowed it. He said, okay, well, I'm going to figure out what to do. And instead of just delaying his trip for a week, he decided to pause and pray. He decided, I'm going to pray first. When he prayed, the Lord spoke to him and said, Deuteronomy 2.7. True story. He says like this. This verse comes to his mind. And again, when I say God spoke, hear me out. I'm not talking about an audible voice. When you're listening for the voice of God, it's bigger than audible. It's internal. You're hearing this going, where did this come from? And he, he just he thinks, man, Deuteronomy 2.7, Deuteronomy 2.7 says, the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey. So he's like, okay, God, you give me confirmation. I'm supposed to take this, take this last boat out before these storms come in. So he takes the last boat out, led by the Spirit, gets to uh, London, no issues, gets on the boat from London to America. The boat is called the Majestic, and he travels the week journey over. Well, when he lands... I mean, when he, when he gets into the port in uh, New York, it's then he hears the news of the boat he was supposed to be on, which was the Titanic, which is the one that went a week after him. And because he was listening to the Holy Spirit, in tuned, he was led by God. I wonder if there's disasters God's trying to help you avoid. Relationships he's helping you navigating. How do you get it? You get filled with the Spirit. You get led by the Spirit. And let's end with a third one. Now, number three, Jesus relied on the power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit. Look at our verse. He goes on. Jesus now returned to Galilee. This is after baptism. Comes out of the water. Spirit of God descends on him. Now the Spirit of God leads him into the wilderness. And now he returns to Galilee. And what happens? He returns in the power of the Spirit. Power of the Spirit. Remember verse 18? The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. I want you to know God's anointed you to do something big with your life. There's some assignment God has on your life that is so huge. How do you experience it? You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. I think it's important for us to understand this. 
Let me just tell you theologically. Jesus did all these incredible miracles. He was fully God and fully human. But how did he do these miracles? The theological, there's a whole theological term behind it, but here's the idea. The idea is that Jesus, when he came to the earth, he self-limited himself. Let me explain it to you. For instance, one of the attributes of God is that God is at all places at all times. But Jesus was not at all places at all times. Why? Because he can self-limit himself. We don't understand exactly how it all worked. Um, for instance, God's all-knowing, but we know that Jesus grew in wisdom. How is that possible? Because he self-limited some of his divinity. So what I believe, and I'm a firm believer, is that Jesus operated in the miraculous out of his humanity, not out of his divinity. Why? If he operated out of his divinity, it would be admirable, but it wouldn't be replicable. You hear that? So then we would look at the life of Jesus and go, wow, we really admire that, but we can't do that. But the Bible says, look at this in Acts chapter 10, God anointed Jesus, son of, Na I mean, Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and power. And what did Jesus do when he was anointed? He went out doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So what do we see? We see the life of Jesus operating, showing us an example of what's possible when we submit ourselves to the Spirit of God. That's why Jesus says this phrase in John 14. I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. But not only that, they will actually do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. Why? Because now he's going to the Father and he sends us the Holy Spirit. And we can now be filled with the Spirit. We can be led by the Spirit. And then when we approach obstacles, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to give us breakthrough in that situation. And I want you to see, I want to see your life, your family, your business operating in this. A couple more quotes. One of them is this. I wrote it down in my notes this way. That God has given you access to all the power you need to do everything he desires. He wants you to have a healthy marriage. He'll give you the help. He'll give you the power. He wants you to walk in purity while you're single. I know it's tough. He'll give you the power. He wants you to walk free from that addiction. He'll give you the power. How do you get it? You get it by being filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, operating in the power of the Spirit in every area of your life. One more. I love this one from Gerald Hawthorne. It says it like this. Not only is Jesus their Savior because of who he was and because of his own complete obedience to the Father's will, but he is the su supreme, and here's the word, example for them of what is possible in a human life because of his total dependence upon the Spirit of God. Jesus is our example. The habit we're creating is a habit of going, I am totally dependent upon the Spirit of God. Not my way, but God, your way be done. And watch what happens when you pray the prayer, say, God, fill me with your Spirit. Lead me by your Spirit. And help me overcome every issue by the power of your Spirit. You will walk in victory when you live a Spirit-led life. Come on, give them better praise than that today, church. So, very practical, how do we do this? Here's my prayer. This is what I pray, and I try to pray it every day. And it's simply this, your last fill in the blank. Ready? God, less of me and more of you. Less of me, more of you. 
Let's be real. How can we be filled more with the Holy Spirit? We have the Holy Spirit at salvation. Because let's be real. Um, we have the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit doesn't have all of us. Because there are some places in our life that we haven't given up control. So what do we do? We're that bottle that when shaken up, things come out. It shouldn't come out of there. So what do we do? We have to first empty ourselves. And look at the picture. Okay, I know, I know. We're almost done. Look at this picture. Jesus goes into the baptismal waters. What does it represent? Death to yourself and coming alive. Jesus shows us the image. When you die to yourself is the key to now being filled with the Spirit of God. Because a lot of you guys are asking the Holy Spirit to fill you, but the problem is you're already too full of yourself. So what do we do? We empty ourselves. And we surrender and we say, God, less of me, more of you. And watch how he'll bring breakthrough in your life. Can we not move around for just a second and have a moment of surrender right there in your seat? Right there at home, just close your eyes. I want you to have a moment where you just surrender to God and say, God, less of me. What are those attitudes? What are those struggles? What are those addictions? What are those things that I'm too full of myself in? Less of me, God. Come on, right there in your seat. Just tell less of me, God. More of you. Lord, I empty myself. I surrender. And surrender is our pathway to the Spirit of God. As we empty ourselves and we say, God, you can have more of us. You can have every part of us, every difficult part, every great part. I surrender to you. Let's just have a moment, even in worship, where we offer our lives as a living sacrifice to God. Come on, David, sing it out. Oh, here I stand, arms open wide. together today.
open them up like you're going to receive a gift right now. Bible says if a son asked a father for a piece of bread, the father would not turn around and give him a stone. That would be a mean dip father. And then he says this phrase, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So it's just one ask away, one prayer away. You've surrendered. Now pray, say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, less of me and more of you. Lord, I pray for your church right now. Lord, let it all start right here, that we would be filled with the Spirit of God. And then as we go out, we are led by the Spirit of God in every decision we make. In the way we parent, and the way we, we deal with conflict, and the way we, we, we drive in traffic. Lord, let us be led by the Spirit of God. And then, Lord, as we face obstacles, let us walk in the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome whatever we're dealing with. Fill us with your Spirit now. In Jesus' name. With every eye closed, every head bowed, one last group, it's those who do not have a relationship with God. I want you to know, you're, you're why we did this today. We really believe God brought you here because he wants to give you a fresh start. And it starts with you surrendering your life to Jesus. The primary work of the Holy Spirit today is to lead people to Jesus. And that's what he's doing right now in your heart. You feel that tug? You feel that pull saying, I just know there's got to be more. I know God's got bigger things in store for my life, I, but my sins held me down. Great, Jesus is the answer to that. So it starts in a moment of surrender, a simple yet significant decision to surrender your life to Jesus and say, I'm going all in with him. That's you on the count of three. I want you to respond. Right there in your seat, you're going to respond by throwing that hand up on the count of three and saying, today's my day, Aaron. I want you to pray for me. I'm giving my life to Christ. And I believe God's going to meet you right there. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, throw those hands up no matter what location you're at. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow. Dozens of people here and Clearwater, North Tampa, St. Pete, Brandon Heights, those online, you can put your hand right back down. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say it like this. Say, dear Jesus, come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me. Forgive my past, my present, and my future. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. You are my Lord and you are my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, can we celebrate life that just got transformed? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.